Tanya for the fourth of Tishrei, but first the story. One year on Simchas Torah by the Rebbe Marash, the Chassidim were in a very good mood, they're very jolly. And as they were reading out the verses that we say at the very beginning of the Hakafah, before dancing with the Torah, the verses that are said responsibly, each person getting a turn to say it, they decided to push the Gabai up to the front to say, to say the, um, to say one of the verses. You know that he's he's a, a person that's you know very busy in communal activities. And they said, well, you know, you, you should say one. So he went to the front, and right before he was about to start saying the pasuk, the Rebbe Maharash stops him, and the Rebbe Maharash says, before you say it, explain it. So he he said, okay, if I, if you want an explanation, I'm gonna have to have I'm gonna have to lachaim first. I need a little alcohol first. So Marash agreed. That's a fair that's a fair exchange. And he said, no, a little a little cup's not gonna work. I need a big cup as, as well. So Marash said, okay, bring him a big cup and, and give him give him more vodka. So he, that's exactly what happened. And then the Gabi admitted. He said, I don't know how to explain this. And he said, Rebbe, could you give the explanation? So the Rebbe said it was on the pasuk of you and I in which means that asking asking Hashem that his his prayers should be accepted, his words should be accepted, but his prayers. The Rebbe Rash translated really simply and really really beautifully. He said that the, all the words that we say should be acceptable, should be things that would be accepted by God. A beautiful twist on the on the traditional way of learning the pasuk. A few words, brilliant explanation, and then he read it. The only thing is the Chassidim were not impressed, and they. They, they didn't find his whole, the Gabai's whole thing amusing that he requested vodka and requested more vodka. And then he said, then he kind of like said, oh, I, I don't really know what Rebbe, you explain it. And they weren't amusing. The Rebbe saw that they weren't amusing the side. So he said, let me tell you a story. When the, the Magid, the, the Rebbeinah Zaman, the author of the Tanya's teacher, the Magid had someone who was going to blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. And right before Rosh Hashanah, the person wasn't able to do it. So the Magid said, the Magid called the Altar and requested that he's the one that do it. And the Altar said, the only thing is, if you want me to do it, you need to teach me all the mystical explanations behind, um, but behind the Shaifa. So the Magid said, that's, that's a fair exchange. He taught the Altar deep secrets behind the blowing of the Shaifa. And then right when he finished, Altar Altar said, by the way, I don't actually know how to blow the Shaifa itself yet. And the Magid said, you just tricked me. And he said, I learned, the other response to the Magi said, I learned from Moshe Rabbeinu. Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, go and bring the Jewish people. And, and Hashem said, um, yeah, but uh, Moshe Rabbeinu told Hashem, well, you haven't taught me my name. So Hashem said, okay, I'll take, teach my name. I will be who I will be. And then Moshe Rabbeinu says, actually, I don't want to go anymore. So <laughs> I said, there's a precedent for this, for this that the Gabbai did, and you don't, you don't have to get so angry at it. The Tanya so far is, is, is complicated. Um, it's talking about the power, the creative power, the power and ability that God has invested in this world to create something from nothing. And we established that even though there are great, powerful beings that might be entirely bound up with God, the power of something to nothing is exclusive and only in only in the spheres itself, to a degree. And now that I was going to say that this power of, that God created something from nothing. It really exists in a particular most in a most powerful form in the lowest level of the highest world. In Kabbalistic terminology, let's let's make it a little Kabbalistic for a set for a second. The ten spheres is where this power of Yeshma'ayin exists. 
But in Atsilos, the first nine levels, it doesn't express it so so powerfully. It's actually in the lowest of the of the first world, in Malchus of Atsilos, where you really see the power of Yeshma'in, of the ability of God to create something from nothing. And with that introduction in mind, let's move through the Tanya rather quickly. It's Kabbalistic in nature and it's beyond the scope of this year to explain it fully. The Altrebbe says the, the ability of an entity to be entirely separate from God, to perceive itself to be, remember, this is all from our perspective, I would say, with Anya This ability comes from Malchus of Attilus, which is the lowest of the spheres of the highest world. And this is especially the part of Malchus, which becomes an Attic, which becomes the highest, becomes a Kessa, becomes a crown for the next world, giving that creative something from nothing power to the Briatia. Why? Why is it like this? Because there's no king without a nation. And the the Malchus power is this power to, to disconnect. It's a, it's, it's a distance power, unlike all the other the earlier nine, for example. It's a power to, to create something that's far away from God instead of being close to God. The second reason why we see that creative power is most strongly in Malchus. Firstly, because Malchus is a distance um, creator, a, a distant um, um, relationship, you know, a king and a nation so far away from each other. You can't, you can't have your son as your own, as your own, um, um, you can't have, a, a person can't say, I'm a king of all my sons. That would be ridiculous. And the second reason is Malchus is connected to speech. And speech is something which articulates the, the details, the minutiae in, in creation, this ability come, comes from Malchus, and therefore, it, this is where you see most strongly the, the creative power of something from nothing within Malchus of Atzilos. And this is what and Malchus is called the revealed world. Why? Because it's, it's in Malchus of Atzilos, the lowest level of the highest world, where you start to see the in a tangible way. In, in over there, it's we're talking about extreme spirituality, but still, you start to see the the, the signs of actual revelation and detailed revelation. And what happens is in the highest nine levels of the highest world, the the power that say power, which is that God's infinite power that has the ability to create something for nothing. Over there, it's in such a fine, restricted state that each level, as a progression from the next, is all a chain reaction. You have Chachma, which is where the Hashem's infinite power injects itself first, and then it rolls over to Bina, rolls over to Chachma Bina Das, Chesed all of them, each one's rolling over to the, to the next. But it's in Malchus, which is then that massive, like, explosion of influence from Chachma actually comes in a tangible way, enabling itself to create something from that, something that comes from nothing. The Ur 
now the second point. The first point of this Tanya is Malchus or Silas is where you really see the Yeshma'ai in power really expressing itself. And the second point is going to be the connection between Chachma and Kesa. We're going to do that in a very tangential way because it is quite complex. And this now explains what it says in Savior Yetzira, the beginning and the end are connected one with another. And this is a principle you see so many times um, in life and in, and, in, and in creation in this world where the beginning and the end are connected. Why is it like this? The Ein Sof energy, it kind of injects itself before into Chachma, it comes into Kesser. And the end of Kesser is kind of the part that goes into Chachma, injecting or in Sof, the ability for something from nothing power to, to be a part of this operation of this world, let's call it. So the highest level is called Kesser, it's called the crown. Crown again, you straight away see the relationship with, between that and, and kingship. That's what it's called the crown of kingship. Because who wears a crown? Only a king wears a crown. That's what so, what you see is it's a really interesting connection between what's highest and what's lowest. Malchus is the lowest of levels. It seems to have a massive deficiency where it's so distant, you know, it's by definition, kingship means that it's distant. At the same time, it's connected to the very, very highest pinnacle of the sphere. It's higher than the actual sphere itself, to that level of Kesa, which is connected to God's unlimited energy, which first injects itself into the highest world, the highest level, the highest world, Chachma. So it's this really interesting connection between the very highest and the very lowest. And now what's interesting is that very lowest of, of let's call it, the lowest level of the highest world becomes the crown for the highest level of the second world. So very a very interesting connection between the highest and the lowest. This ability for creation for birth is also connected with Kesa, with Atik. Atik is the level within Kesa, and it's connected with the splitting of the Red Sea, which we're gonna say we're gonna say in a moment is is. The, is when the neshamas are born, when souls are born. The point is, Kesar is connected with creation, just as Malchus of Atzilos is created with is connected with creation, and just just gestation, the the ability of a baby to be created is this something from nothing creation. The gam called Gidon and neshamas called Zayin Chadashim, the point is this, there's something called physical birth and there's something called spiritual birth. Souls are also born. Souls don't just exist. How do souls create? How are souls, souls created? In a much more fine way than, than physical creation, physical birth. But at the same time, souls also need to go through this period of birth conception, let's call it, and also a period of gestation where the souls are, uh, are, are uh, growing, whatever that means. And, and this happens from the seventh day of Pesach, no, from Shemini Atzeres until the seventh day of Pesach. That's when the souls are actually growing, let's call it, conceived and then growing. And this happens by a Zion Nukfin related, between a, a, a masculine and feminine energy type of um, energy within Hashem, and this happens in the level, through insight, in the level of Kesem. The Kachob Riyaz, Neshavah, and this is how the souls and the 
and the angels in the world of Bria, they're created in such a way, in this spiritual type of conception, birth type of experience, but that's something from nothing type of experience. The point is also is going through what the conception looks like in a Kabbalistic in the Kabbalistic, in Kabbalistic terminology, in the world of Bria, where the greatest tzaddikim are, their souls are conceived, and the greatest and great um, angels, the greatest of angels, are also conceived through this spiritual union that occurs, and the conception, and then the the pregnancy, let's call it a pregnancy process of of spirituality, whatever creates angels and creates souls. But the point is, this power, the creative power of something from nothing, this occurs. In the world of Bria, as a as a as a as a re, as a direct result of this creative power, something from nothing, ability to create, which occurs in Malchus of Tzilus, which creates occurs in the lowest level of its skills, which then in turn becomes the highest point, the highest pinnacle, the crown, let's call it, of the second world. Thank you so much for joining us. Tanya, Tanya, Zulayn, Nishish, Shalom, Yaw, Hanam, Hanam, Mashal, and Salat, and Sukhasa, Rita, Sashu, and Yaw, Kamman, Yaw, and Fushan, for everyone who comes to see us, they have a time and Shamus, Rakel, Hainish, Rabbi, 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 Rabbi